This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. You are listening to the Blockade Cop Podcast. I'm your host, Shut Your Traffic. Hey, Chris Freebus, and join me halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Hello. Sorry, I had to do that fast because uh, we just spent the last 15 minutes trying to figure out why we couldn't get our podcast up and running. <laughs> Futzing about with Google Tech. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> things. You know, you would you would things. think that uh, that Google would with Chrome would talk to YouTube very nicely since they're the same company, and apparently they don't. <laughs> no, software's hard. That's the problem. Yeah, and I think uh, with Hangouts, they're actually making it more of a business-focused tool rather than a, com- a consumer-focused tool. So, right, um, perhaps that's the reason why it's a little bit harder to do things. Although, you know, it's still offered as a uh, decoder in YouTube when you're setting up a live YouTube event. So you think that if it's offered, it should work. But you know, whatever, we're here now. There you so. go. Mm. <laughs> hey, uh, in, in case you were wondering where the heck we were last week and you didn't bother reading tweets, um, during our normal podcast recording session, I was up in an airplane and Jared was doing a uh, charity hackathon. Mm, I was. Yeah, so it was uh, a little bit hard to coordinate last week. But, a little um, bit uh, hard, yeah, absolutely. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm back down in uh, Los Angeles from my trip up to Portland, um, where... I got to uh, experience some arcade action. Oh, yeah. What'd you play? Well, so, well, everybody was recommending. Uh, I mean, I'd kind of posted, you know, hey, where should I go? And everybody kept on saying Ground Control. This place called Ground mm-hmm. Control. And it's in the middle of uh, downtown Portland, which was convenient because my hotel was on the west side of downtown Portland. And so it was only a like a 15-minute walk, if even that. And so I walked over down, down to that place and... The best way I can describe it is it's more of a bar that happens to have pinball machines. Oh, okay. Um, and, and which isn't even necessarily the truth, but that's the vibe I got. Let's put it to you that way. You walk in. I mean, there's bouncers outside the door that check your ID, which was odd to me. <laughs> they checked your ID. <laughs> they checked my ID, yeah. Because um, <laughs> yeah. you look like 21. <laughs> right, bald guy with gray in his beard. Yeah, I'm trying to fake my way into an arcade, sure. Um <laughs> Oh, man. And uh, uh, you walk in, and immediately there was a room to your right that had a couple of machines in it. And yep. there was, then you, when you, if you walk down the hallway a little bit more, there was a couple of, uh, and this was not just pinball machines, this was also retro arcade games. Um, oh, yeah. There was a couple of arcade games in the hallway, and that kind of led you into the bar, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So there was a central bar, and it was kind of fun. They had a uh, big screen set up, kind of like what was in War Games. Uh, with you know the uh, all the big screens and Whopper, and one of them was even asking if you wanted to play thermal nuclear detonation, or <laughs> or whatever the game was in war games. Um, cool. So that was kind of that was kind of cool. But there was you know little tables set up and and uh, you know a long uh, wall to set your drinks on, kind of thing. And then the games were off to the side, you know, up against the wall. Mm-hmm. And they so there was another row of games there, and then if you kind of curved around, there was a, yet another room that had um, four pinball machines inside of it. So everything was kind of compartmentalized. Yeah. Um, and that's why I say you know with the lighting and they had a DJ going on, it just kind of felt more like a bar that had games in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, all the Williams Valley games that they had were fifty cents a play. That's the, pretty good. Stern and Jersey Jack tables that they had were uh, 75 cents a play. And then it was the typical if you put two bucks in or yeah, two bucks, you got was it five plays, I think. Well, that's pretty good. You know what um, two bucks gets you here if you're lucky, if they even have that feature on? What's that? Three plays. Three plays. Three, yeah. and that's it. But they yeah. rarely do that anymore. Um. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you were able to, you can make your buck go. It wasn't outrageously priced or anything. Um, I was interested in playing because I hadn't touched it yet. They had a Hobbit, and I, I hadn't played that before. Um, they had Pabst Can Crusher, which oh, is yeah. just a reskin of of uh, Nelly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was able to put in some time on Kiss, which I hadn't really. Uh, 
gotten a chance on yet. In general, the games were, you know, they played fine. They were a little bit beaten up. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't even say that. Um, not beaten up, but you could tell that they were played a lot. They were played well, but maintained well at the same Yeah, time. you know, flippers had a little kind of, you know, wobble to them or whatever. Uh, they weren't shiny, if you will. They didn't yeah. seem waxed. Um, the rubber seemed like, you know, standard rubber that you come across, you know, when a game's been on site for a while. A little bit um, sort of tar- like uh, chrome dust tarnished and a little bit sort of lacking bounce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Hobbit in general looked kind of ugly, oh, which was really? shocking to me because I was like, this is a fairly new table, but it looked kind of beat. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. And even even the pop-ups that, that, that eject up kind of like... Uh, Medieval Madness with the Trolls, even though it looked just hammered. Um, and they didn't come up in a crisp, uh, non-wobbly sort of way. Instead, they just kind of looked like they were just kind of there, dangling about and bouncing. I don't know. There oh. was just a look to it that I just kind of was like, oh, that's kind of, I don't know, didn't grab me. Um, same thing, they had Game of Thrones Pro. And... Uh, same thing. It just kind of was like, eh, okay, but you know, the lights were bright and everything, and uh, I was still able to have a good time, you know, futzing around. I didn't. I actually didn't put in any uh, two dollars worth of coins because I only cashed in five bucks and was just kind of quickly sampling some stuff. Um, mm. I, I got replays on Kiss like three times. Oh which wow! Kind of, I think once through a match and twice through actually earning the replay. Um, that's, well, it, that's very generous of it. So it you was. got that good go. You got a really comfortable um, introduction to Kiss then. In other words, you really got to yeah. have some playtime on it. But in general, none of the games impressed me. Hmm. The, you know, which was kind of... That was disappointing because I was like, you know, I've been waiting to play some of these and I was kind of like, oh, well, my, I walked away just kind of... Eh. I didn't bother with most of the Williams Valley games because I've played them to death. Mm. And I was intent on doing the new, new ones. Yeah. Something that I hadn't touched. Um, I couldn't resist putting a quarter into Adam's family because, you know. It's fun. Let's and, and of course, it did what Adam's family does, which was chewed up my ball within 30 seconds. Correct. <laughs> so, in other words, perfectly tuned and perfectly level and uh, playing the way it should, brutally. Uh, well, not necessarily because there was a. When I shot, uh, you know, when the ball comes down by the uh, thing flip. Yep. And I didn't flip the thing, and it took a bounce and then right went right out the outlane. I went, oh, that ain't that's fair. Right. That's yeah, not that's right, right at all. Um, no, that's all right. <laughs> and I do got to say, with with the can or the can, uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon table. Yeah. If that is how EMs used to play, then I could imagine how much fun EMs could have been. Yeah, really. And remember, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about those old wood rails and the very old EMs that with the you know, holes that you're like, oh, you're not supposed to shoot a ball into those. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because this table had life on it. I mean, the rubber was really bouncy. The, the flippers, even though they're the little two-inch flipper flippers. Yeah. Um, powerful, like, yeah, like powerful. self-state flippers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you add in, it's amazing what a soundtrack uh, and electronic noises <laughs> to, for does does to a to game. To a single level place. Because it is just single level, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that I that I came up that was my impression that I came away from was just like you know if all the EMs were like this back in the heyday, that'd be something. That would be something. You know, so, um, I was just thinking with uh, regard to uh, Jersey Jack's The Hobbit. Did you see that they released a trailer, like the dial-in trailer for it the other day? No, I didn't. Oh yeah, I tell you what, another another really really good trailer. Uh, they know how to do their marketing there, Jersey Jack. Eh? Uh, <laughs> they really do. It was, I, yeah. I'll tell you one thing that I love, and I, you know, I had my headphones with me. Was mm-hmm. it was nice being able to plug in and actually hear the game. Oh yeah. Um, oh. And I'm really. I kept on looking on all the stern tables, and I was like, "There's no plug." And I was like, oh, "That sucks." I know you it know? does, doesn't it? Once it you've really once you've does. actually experienced a pinball game, especially a modern one with a stereo soundtrack. Through oh, headphones, yeah. you you don't want to have pinball any other way. Like it is, it changes the way you play. It makes the game super immersive, and you basically go into just tunnel mode with it, and your scores well, do I mean, improve. 
I guarantee yeah, you. You know, if, if, if that was the only table on in your room, then you wouldn't need the headphones. But when you've all got right. all this noise and all these other games fighting and the volume isn't necessarily up loud, mm -hmm. um, you want that isolation. It, it definitely helps you focus in on what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised that Stern hasn't implemented that. Well, I think they have. That's the thing. On their um, spike system, there is a, a line out on the main board in the back box. Yes, but they don't put it through the coin door. No, they don't. It's all the way at the back box. So you've got to have like a two-meter cable just to run a headphone cord to the front. Well, and you have to run it from the back box through. So it's not like just the average consumer can come in and plug in. Because I've played Game uh, of Thrones with headphones. Um, yeah. But it's always been somebody had a dedicated line coming out of the back box. Mm. Um, and so, is, it yeah. actually, is it actually a plug, like a 3.5 mini jack um, plug? I don't know. In the, I imagine I thought it was. But it's a, you know what it's done. They've gone, oh, well, we can't afford the extra, you know, five meters of cable just to run that line through to the front. Um, back uh, the front coin door, so you know we'll just uh, just chuck it in the back box, and you know if people have it in their home, they'll just use a long extension cord or something, and it'll they'll work it out. But you got to realize that that's not really that that's one aspect of it, right? But these well, are going into arcades now. These are going into arcades now. Yeah, you know, if if I were an operator, I would just get an extension cable, plug it, and then run it along the side of the machine. And mm. fasten it there so that you could just jack right yep. in. Um, I mean, the only issue would be you wouldn't have volume control, which the and that's the thing. Do have. have you with the um, the volume control on Stearns, How does that work with the headphone jack? I don't know. Does so it's, it's always be set. Been, it's always been loud as hell when I've <laughs> put on the headphones. Yeah. See, that's no good. Like you. Mm, yeah. That being see, said, when I plugged into the Hobbit, I cranked the volume all the way up. So. I did too, but I think the thing with the Hobbit is that it's got independent um, line volume controls. So yeah. you've got the you've got your little your own personal preference volume control in the front. But as an yeah. operator, you can set the maximum volume that's pumped oh, through okay. that port. So it's designed to be used with headphones. If you look at it that okay. way, whereas it seems that the Stern solution is an afterthought, and there's no way of controlling the the volume independently to suit your needs. And so right. you don't get ear bleed. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that was that so, was ground control. And so then mm. I looked on the uh, pinballmaps.org, I believe, which turns out it was started specifically for the Portland pinball scene. Um, oh, really? Yeah. And so it's very well kept and up to date of exactly what machines are where and stuff. And I was looking and I found a site that had just. I think they had 30 machines. I went, I wow. need to go there. Unfortunately, it was about almost four miles away from my hotel. Oh. So not walking distance. Mm. Fortunately, Portland has really, it's, it's kind of cool. They uh, Nike is the one that sponsors it, and they call it Bike Town. And it's these <laughs> uh, public for rent bicycles. And they've got kiosks just scattered throughout the city. Yeah. And so you can walk up to any of these and you go to a little uh, booth, you pay there. It was like 12 bucks for the day or, uh, and by day that meant, I think it was 160 minutes of ride time, something like that. And let me, let me try and work this out. So with the ride time, basically it's from the point at which you take the bike to when you put it back into yes. the, the holder again, right? Yes. We have a, I think we actually have exactly the same system here in Brisbane. It's called City Cycle here. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sounds almost identical. Other bikes really, really chunky and heavy. Oh my god, they weigh a ton. <laughs> it and, sounds like and, exactly the same system. And, and they have they have eight gears on them. But yeah. if if it starts to torque too much, it starts skipping. So that you automatically have yeah. to lower your gear. Um, yeah. Sounds exactly like City Cycle. Yeah. yeah. So Look, anyway, they're, they're better than nothing, right? But they oh, still. Absolutely. There's still a bit of a trip. <laughs> yeah, so I, I rented one of those and uh, uh, took the bike ride across across town to this other place called Quarter World. If that was what the name of uh, this place Quarter was, World. nobody had recommended Quarter World to me, which I thought was odd. Um, in a plain a plain words for Water World, basically. Yeah, and and then not only that, but I was reading some reviews just real quickly, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's a dive bar." 
that you know has machines. I was like, oh no, that means it's going to be even worse than ground control. And but I was like, hey, you know what? They've got a Batman sixty six. I wanted to play that, and they had a yeah. uh, and oh, most importantly, they had dialed in. So I was like, Ooh. I've got to go there. Yeah. I got to go there. Yeah. So yeah, I pedaled across town, and oh yeah, it was a slow ride for me because that bike was <laughs> a ton. Um, not to mention I hadn't uh, been on a bicycle in a while. Um, yeah. um, so I went to this place. Now they actually charged a cover charge. It was a dollar to get in. Uh, but after I think five or 6 PM, it becomes like three bucks to get in oh. or something like that. Um, but this place was more like an arcade that happened to have a bar in it <laughs> uh, right. because you walked in and there's, you, you go down this hall again, some classic arcade machines in the hall, you turn the corner and boom, big old square room, two walls lined with pinball machines. And in the middle wow. was a little classic arcade machines. And then on the third wall, there was the bar. And on the fourth wall, I'll tell you about it in a moment. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was nice and dark mm -hmm. and just the way an arcade should be. And I just kind of took a look at the machines in general, just a quick glance. And they all looked uh, much shinier and better maintained, it seemed. Mm -hmm. and deciding what I wanted to put my first quarters in. I hadn't cashed in any money yet, but I had 50 cents just in my pocket, and I went, hey, look, there's Centaur. Oh, yeah? It's like, okay, this is a good test to see how well-maintained a machine is, because Centaur, yeah. if it's, it's not old. tuned, or it's yeah. old, and if it's not maintained well, it's not fun to play in the least. Yeah. Plunked in my 50 cents. Holy crap. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Waxed play field, brand new rubber. That wow. ball was dancing. Lights were all nice and bright. Um, the back box, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, doesn't Centaur have an infinity glass? I thought it did, yeah. I did too. This looks like somebody just basically took a photo and uh, made a back glass, you know, glued to the back yeah. of a piece of glass, and up it went. Because um, there was no no ring lights rotating, no mm. mirror in the back glass at all. I was like, I could have sworn this had infinity glass on it. Um, kind of like a xenon, but anyway. Well, maybe it doesn't. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, hmm. I'm not. I'm not, that's why I'm said I'm. I'm not 100 sure. But the small, small pittance. If it, no matter the case, because the table yeah. is playing fantastically. Here's the <laughs> here's the thing. Replay was set to 500,000, and it was a five ball machine. Well, you'd be able to get that pretty easy. Yeah, so I got my first replay. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I played another game and I got another replay. And oh, okay. And then I had a really good game and scored like 1.6 million and I got two replays. I went, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> and I, so then I started going, well, if this is the case, let me start doing things. Let me start experimenting the way that I would experiment in Pinball Arcade. Mm -hmm. So my first experiment was trying to hit Double Queen's Chamber. And let me tell you, it's a whole heck of a lot harder to do on the real thing than it is in Pinball Arcade. Because yeah. the ball, although you can hit a nice solid shot up to get Double Queen's Chamber, when it hits the captured ball, it doesn't hit it all that hard. And so you can knock down the first uh, drop target. You might get lucky and be able to get that ball to bounce high enough to, draw, to hit a, the third drop target. After that, you ain't doing it by doing double queen's chamber. You have to do direct shots to the ball to get those drop oh, targets down. Right. So that was something interesting to learn. Um, yeah. I did discover the table was slightly off level. Uh, so that also might've played uh, a factor to it, but mm. I don't think it played that much of a factor with, with that. Well, so anyway, I'm playing this next thing I do. I notice I look down at my watch and I've been playing it for 45 minutes on <laughs> 50 cent on an initial 50 cent <laughs> drop investment. In. Yeah. And I've got three credits up on the board. I'm like, Oh, oh gosh, geez. I'm like, okay. So I start playing double, uh, doubles. Yeah. And I'm every single game. I'm earning a replay and I'm earning a replay. And I'm like, okay, this is starting to get to the point where I just need to walk I away from this. I need to walk away. Cause I want to play other machines, but it's also yeah. my brain is like, no, you can't walk away. You've got credits on the thing. So no, I would have. I would have gone, so, oh, that's nice. Nice to play, but now it's time to play dialed in. <laughs> I wound up playing it for about an hour 15, maybe. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and Jeez. finally, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm stepping away. Stepped away with two credits. Went, cashed in uh, five bucks worth of coins. Went over, 
and uh, yeah, play dialed in. Oh, and I, I did do the two dollars uh, sink so in on that plays. one. Let me tell you something. That game is gr- really fun. That's oh, yeah? a good game. Um, I yeah. my impression of Wizard of Oz and The Hobbit, I just haven't. I don't know. They're slow, and I think it's because they're wide bodies. Um, I just I nothing about it has captured me. Dialed in, it felt like a Pat Lawler table. It felt like the next generation version of everything that he did with uh, Twilight Zone. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot of tech going on on that machine, let me tell you. And there's magnets going on, so your ball is, you know, it's like the power. Your ball is getting yanked around here and there. And the the sound, I was able to plug in my headphones, and so the sound was really cool. Um, There's just there's a lot going on and I really have no clue what I was supposed to be doing. I was just having a fun blast just shooting around at one point. It took a selfie of me and posted that up on the back box. Um, really kind of funny. I didn't figure out how to connect my phone to the game. And I don't know if I, I think I was supposed to have downloaded an app. Yes. There's an app um, in the, well, I've seen the app in the app store um, at the Android app store and yeah, you download it and then, you play but it sort of should be like well it should onboard you in the game like it should say you know it should like make it part of the game that it actually gets you to install the app i don't know yeah i thought it was going to be just a matter of you turning on your bluetooth and it not connecting to you but yeah apparently it's not so i didn't i didn't mess around with that aspect of it but uh my only complaint about the game is what jersey jack is doing with scoring it's another uh like 10 points, 30 points. Uh, yeah, sort of you know, my best game, I had 150,000 points. Mm. And that was with me having good ball times. My poorest game was like at 25,000 points. And yeah. there's something unsatisfying about that. I know we've talked about that before. We have. Um, yeah. I just, I wish that the point values were a little bit higher so that there's a sweet spot. There's definitely a sweet spot. And I don't think this one has it. Man, but, I'll tell you what. Somebody, somebody at our league uh, was playing um, Wizard of Oz, and they blew yep. that thing up to 1.2 million. Which, you, if you imagine the scoring that you're getting on those games, that is an epic score. He was basically the number one player in Australia. Yeah. Did that, yeah. But again, it doesn't sound impressive, does it? No. Well, 1.2 million. You, you sort of have to be in the know, don't you? Like you if you're bragging to your friends about it, they'd be going, well, that's not very big. But no. then, you know, anyone in the pinball land, you got, you've got 1.2 on that game. Wow, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. You know. So I uh, I stepped away from that. I did play Batman 66 and then real quickly realized it's, I didn't, and I didn't know this, but it is essentially the Dark Knight. It it's is. It's got a different uh, spinner or, or toy at the back. Correct. Uh, that being and it doesn't said, have that rocker. It doesn't have that that big left hand side rocking mechanism. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's when you first play it, and you this is my experience anyhow. When you first play it and you try and get into it, you are pretty disappointed um, generally. But I had I happened to have a pretty good go on it. I got the old replay after replay thing, and it allowed me to really get sink my teeth into it. And once the, the thing with that game, it's all about shot satisfaction. So yeah, it's it's pretty wide open play field, but the way you combine your shots to get the points, that's the satisfying thing about that game. But you don't know that until you've actually had a lot of ball time on it. So it's clearly designed for the home market and not for an arcade. It's, and I'll tell you what, I yeah. like the theming of it better than the Dark Knight. It, it's it's silly. Yeah. It's fun. I, it is. It's classic I Batman. Kind of, right? Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Because with the Dark Knight, I didn't like the giant spinning Joker at the back. I didn't understand yeah. what it was. And with this, the toy that they have at the back, you understand exactly what it is. You know, yeah. it, it rotates. There's the phone. Oh, hey, you know, hit the phone. It rotates again. There's the Batcave. Oh, oh you know, I mean, it, it makes more sense. Um, yeah, so I really, I, I dug that aspect of it. Um, that's right. I agree. It's uh, it, the theme is well integrated into it, and the art looks good on the playfield. But it's um, one of those games you really do need to get some game time on to fully appreciate. Yeah, I then played uh, Ghostbusters Pro, 
Mm-hmm. What'd you um, think of that? Again, I haven't been able to really form an opinion of the game. It, it, mm-hmm. it kills me too fast. Mm. Um, it's brutal. Uh, it, it is brutal, and my initial reaction was, I gotta say, I did like, like the LE better for whatever reason. I couldn't necessarily put a finger on it. Um, but other than... Other than it visually it just looks better and it has it seems to have more fun with where it places the ball. Well yeah, and well the LE, which I still haven't had an opportunity to play, I know I'd all automatically like it better because it's just like you've got the storage facility that is actually a storage facility. Yeah. And you've got the subway that is, you know, it goes under and comes back up again. Like there's just that ramp, it just feels on the pro, it just feels like an afterthought. Yeah. Or it's like, gee, how can we make the game like we've taken out this massive assembly on the game. How can we jerry rig a plastic ramp to do most of the things that that does without detrimenting, detrimentally impacting the gameplay? Oh, well, I right. guess this will do. It really does feel like an afterthought. And that's what I resent about the game, the pro version. And the fact that it doesn't have like, you would think that integrating magnets for the ghost slings right. would be cheaper than putting in, um, solenoid-driven slingshots, but you didn't think so. <laughs> but there again, they they didn't do it, and like that, I think if if it had the the slingshots, the the ghost slings, and it left that plastic ramp in, I'd be okay with it probably. But because they've just cheaped out on everything in the pro version, it just feels cheap and nasty to play. Like I, I groan every single time it gets picked in tournament because I hate it. Number one, and it, it's it's really hard to get the the containment multi ball on the pro, yeah. For some reason, it yeah. looks great when you get it, boy. Like once you get it once, you want to get it again, but it's so hard to do it. It's just unsatisfying in every way. That game. Well, and I tell you, especially coming off of dialed in, which granted costs what two thousand, two thousand, three thousand more than the pro version of Ghostbusters. Yeah. Um, but the apparent fun factor because like dialed in has much like the ghostbusters le has that little uh, digital screen you know hologram mm-hmm. kind of screen and it that thing is important on dialed in it gives you info and it's a key shot that you shoot a lot um all sorts of things happen with that and the ghostbusters le when i played it it was kind of just a thing I didn't really notice it being yeah. incredibly important. So I don't know. I, it was it was interesting playing those two back to back. I mean, granted, like I said, the, you know, the pro version you can hardly compare. But um, anyway, I got done with that. I had fifty cents left in my. Or excuse me, right next to dialed in, they had uh, a game show. Oh yeah, Valley Game Show. Yep, with Keith McTeeth. with with LED LED lighting. Ooh. That thing blinded me. Yep. It <laughs> I imagine it would. And not only, not only that, it strobes. And so it's a dark table. Like the top half of the play field is dark because um, mm-hmm. there's so many plastic ramps blocking everything. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the flashing, strobing action of the lights would happen and you would lose track of the ball completely. It was just like yeah. gone. Um, yeah, that wound up being pretty tough because of that <laughs> because of the light show well, yeah. and, you're, and you're in a dark arcade and it was just like wow who thought that this would be one of the tougher tables that i would play you know this See, old valley it's funny you know because i found the same thing with the transporter that transporter yeah. pin because it had these really blinding flashes at the bottom of the like right near the flippers and yeah. um i think probably with normal incandescent um flashes in them it would have been okay, but the thing is, everyone's upgrading them to those like thirty light, intense, super bright LED flasher stacks. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it was. I think the game was kind of never really meant to have that much light in that area. <laughs> no. Nope. And that's the problem. Like, it's it, the game was designed for incandescence um, and not LED. So therefore, everything about the game and how it works and operates. It's, you're kind of like completely changing the way it operates. Well, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they actually added the, you know, it looks like little beacons uh, or little megaphones that you mm. see them on the sterns for, and those are your, your flasher, your strobe flashers. Yeah. Those were on Valley Game Show, and I'm like, I don't know that that was a feature back little, then. 
the little sort of uh, lenses that they put over the flash of globes. Are yeah, they're pointing sideways. They're not pointing yeah. up at you. They're pointing outside. Yeah. Oh. I don't think it was on Ballet Game Show. No, I don't think so. So that was too early for them to think that. Exactly. So what I'm saying is they added <laughs> a feature that makes it really difficult. Oh, um, man. So... I do love I do love Showcase Bonanza on, on Well, unfortunately the volume was barely audible. So oh, I couldn't hear I couldn't hear much. Such yeah. disappointment. Oh, it's so good the soundtrack on that game. Um, I did manage to though light up you know, all of the prizes at <laughs> one point and then hit the ramp and it was like, You want a new car, you want a new TV, you want a boat, you want a truck. And I was like, Okay, I felt satisfied. It's a sporty new truck. I love it. So I wound up with I wound up with, with fifty cents left, and I was yeah. like, "What am I going to play?" And my choices was I could either play X Files, which I don't believe I've ever played, mm. but I was like, eh, "Sega." No. And then there was and then there was Flintstones, which I know I've played once or twice, but I so hate the theme because it's based oh. on the movie, not on the actual cartoon, that I've always avoided it. Yeah, and Moraine is going, oh, hey, bull saved. No, right, and so I just kind of, I kind of went, all right, I'm gonna go with Flintstones over a Sega table. Whoa. So I went play Flintstones. You know what? It's actually kind of fun. fun. It's, it's fun. It's actually kind of fun if you can push past the theme and and ignore Rick Moranis like giving you the shits. Um, then yeah, you know the, the ball travels interestingly <laughs> on that. Yeah, so. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I was actually having a decent time on that, which was which was shocking to me. Um, so yeah, that around got, the flipper, that around the fl flipper ramp is cool, isn't it? It is. It's it very cool. Um, yeah. it, it shocked me the first time it happened because I was all ready to flip on the on the right side, and the ball went right past my flipper and on this little habit trail that you yeah. don't even notice and drops on the left side. I'm like, oh, hey, look at that. Um, it freaked me out the first time. I remember playing that back in the nineties, and I still lost my mind when it did to me back then. And yeah. you saying that now just brought me straight back to that point where I went, "Wow!" <laughs> when that happened, it was cool. Um, so, pocket empty of quarters. I went back to see if uh, Centaur still had any credits on it. There were my two credits. Nobody had played Centaur in that entire time that I was playing everything else. Uh -huh. So I was like, "Okay." okay. Play one. I played for another. Half an hour at least. Uh -huh. uh, wound up getting it up to four credits. <laughs> While I was playing it, this gal wearing a quarter world lab coat, you might say, walked over and was playing Simpsons. It was right next to me. She had a little notebook out, and she was she first messed with the coin door, was writing down some notes in her in her notebook, and then started playing some balls on it. And I was like, oh, maybe she's on break, or I don't know, you know. So waited for her to finish. And I just made the general comment. I go, hey, I just want to let you know I'm really impressed with you know the arcade here and that the machines are really, really well maintained and the rubber is fresh and they feel waxed and these are a lot of fun. And she <laughs> she goes, thank you. That's my job. <laughs> oh, right. So turns out that she that's her job. She roams the arcade every day. Has you know goes through a different rotation of tables every day, checks all their lights, make sure the 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 play counts are how they should be, you know, adjusts them accordingly, um, cleans them, wipes them down, says they replace the rubbers like once a month. Wow! On these things, that's and a lot. It is, it is, and this is why I was I was like really impressed. Um, she was saying that on you know every Monday, most of the machines get a major cleaning done on them. Uh, so that was the difference for me between ground control and quarter world. It, you could just tell one was being maintained and the other one was, Hey, come play our machines. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, cause we have them. So yeah. that was kind of, and I asked if they had a rotation of machines and she goes, I know that there is other machines. Uh, and she goes, maybe every two months, a new machine will get dropped in. Cause she's like, you know, dialed in, just got put in. Um, but for the most part, it winds up being always these kind of collection. It's not a, a constantly rotating collection. Yeah, okay. Um, so, and then all of a sudden, I heard the loudest sound I have heard in a very long time. Ghostbusters? Because, no, it turns out at uh, 4 o'clock in this place on a couple of days during the week, but this was on a Sunday, they do what's called a Tesla show. <laughs> gonna, so, 
On the I'm, fourth wall, on the fourth wall that I didn't describe yet, they have a giant Tesla coil hanging, and they yeah. bring down a cage, and then two guys go up into a booth, and they've got keyboards hooked up, and they play electronic music that fires the Tesla coil in rhythm mm-hmm. to the music that they're playing. A Tesla coil, the sound of that thing firing up and shooting is, I believe they said 90 decibels or that of like if you were at a monster truck rally. Yeah. Um, fortunately, they had a gigantic bowl of earplugs yeah. <laughs> for you to put in, but you could pretty much bet nobody's playing any game while that thing was going off because you couldn't hear yeah. anything. But it was yeah. it was kind of cool watching the lightning dance in time to they were playing the Game of Thrones theme to start it off with, and it was just well, cool the seeing the lightning going. And then the next song they played was the final countdown, which and the lightning that would have been super intense. Yeah, so it was kind of what I need to clarify. That's what you're listening to. There is actually a musical Tesla coil. It's the theme generating the music. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually the. I actually saw a demo of someone playing the Super Mario Brothers theme yeah. with with that thing as well, and they had it in a big car park. And yeah, it's it's a fascinating piece of equipment. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, it's like really cool. crazy. So uh, I didn't know how long this show was going to go on, and I was like, you know what, I need to hop back on the bike and ride home before it gets dark. Even though I completely forgot that in Portland it gets dark way later than I'm used to because. You know, they're hot and farther north in latitude and it's summertime and therefore it doesn't get dark until nine o'clock as opposed to the seven thirty, eight o'clock that I'm used to it getting dark. <laughs> um, so as I'm walking out, I happen to see some other people. I, I exit the hall and I kind of look and I see some other people in another room. I'm like, oh, what's that? I walk into that room. There's another 10 machines in there that I hadn't even known. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Secret machines. <laughs> I wouldn't call them secret, but yeah, they were there and I was just kind of like... <sighs> I'd like to play them, but they, again, none of them were machines that I hadn't played before. Right. Um, I think the only one that I would have probably sunk quarters in was Guns N' Roses. But oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was like, nah, nah, I need, I need to go, I need to go. So anyway, what I'm trying to say, folks, is if you're ever in Portland, go to Quarter World. It's pretty awesome. Quarter World <laughs> sounds wicked. It's oh, pretty man. awesome. Um, boy, we've spent a lot of time on the, oh, the intro, haven't we? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that that basically because we were short on time, the intro turned into the actual main event. But the oh, I'm a little bit frustrated. So the last weekend uh, was the Brisbane Pinball Masters um, yeah. here, and there were it was a big turnout. They had a hundred people um, and fifteen machines, and um, the usual the usual suspects that always win one. But they actually had a Star Wars, a new Star Wars there. Okay. Um, and ugh, I'm so pissed off. I wanted to actually go there at lunchtime on to Netherworld at lunchtime on Friday, but I couldn't get away from work. And I thought, oh, I have a really bad feeling about this. I have a bad feeling that if I leave this, I'm going to miss my opportunity to do it. And they announced yesterday that um, it was going to be packed up on Monday. And return back down to amusement machine distributors back in Sydney oh. or Melbourne. Uh, and I go, it's going to be packed up in the morning, so I can't even go down there at twelve o'clock at opening time. Yeah, and just just get on it and just have a go. And I'm just going, oh, oh, I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. So it was only there for demo purposes. Well, it was only there for the Brisbane Pinball Masters. Oh, they okay. pulled up. The AMD sponsored it directly for um, um, BPM. So. Okay. Yeah, it was there for a short time. So I think the only chance I'm going to have to play it now is probably to go down to the Gold Coast when they get it down there. And, of course, that's pretty much a no chance of that happening um, right. because it's so hard to get down there. Um, my birthday is coming up, though, in August, so maybe I'll just say, you know what, for my birthday, I'm just going to go down to the Gold Coast and just spend the day down there and play my guts out on all the pinball tables like, down there. Gotcha. But, but yeah, the, the tournament itself was went so well. Um the, the people who supplied the tables were all collectors. Um, and they said probably at the end, they had a look at the counts at the end. And basically, the tables had about a year's worth of play on them by the end of the tournament. <laughs> a year's worth of play. That's so, crazy. Insane. So, yeah, uh, wow. it was a huge, huge event. But, yeah, credit goes to the uh, the organisers. There's a couple of dudes there 
Jason Lambert, who's like the the one of the key guys who organizes, and also the one of the co-owners of Netherworld, uh, Jimmy Nails, um, who's a, also a tournament director. And uh, yeah, both of those dudes, hats off to you guys. It would have been a really hard to organize, and it was actually the event was so big they couldn't have it at Netherworld. They have to have it at, a, at another pub with more area in it because it just there's just not enough room in Netherworld yeah. to have it. So yeah, awesome. I'm so glad it went well. I, I didn't go in it because I, it's just like two days out of a weekend. There's no way I'm getting that off. So, <laughs> um, uh, Firepower 2 dropped on uh, Pinball Arcade. Yes, it did. Did you mess with it? Oh, yeah, I've had a good go of it. Um, it's, it's fun. I'll, I'll actually say it actually is quite fun. Um, yeah, I've got I the maximum multiplier. Special. Yeah, I, I did. I worked for the max multiplier just so that I could appreciate Norman's work on uh, yeah, hearing that sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it uh, was satisfying. It, it's, it's kind of satisfying in the way that uh, when you get the bonus count on Tales of the Arabian Nights, where you just hear that going higher and higher and higher on the pitch, and yep. you're like, come on, squelch out. You know? <laughs> it's so good. And yeah. then at the end, it gives you this kind of satisfying conclusion, like, Thank you for reaching the end of the bonus count. Um, it does. It's good. I like it. It's good for that perspective. And yeah, it is really, it's all about the bonus in that game, isn't it? To get your points up. Yeah. But that I being mean, said, it, I, I, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't see the purpose of the game. It, yeah. There's nothing in it that made me go, oh, this is so much better than Firepower. Uh, you know, it's interesting having an orbit. Yeah. Uh, I'll grant it that. But... Why couldn't? Why do I have to have an A B C D lane at the top? That's so generic. Um, yeah. I, the ramp is not satisfying at all. It doesn't really do anything. No. Uh, the two ball multi ball is interesting because you can actually get it going pretty easily as compared to firepower, where it's a task to get it going. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot about it. You again, it's the, it's it's the budget cut. There was a reason why they made it the way they did it, and I think it was to encourage more play. Yeah, um, exactly. And it's exactly the same reason they they made um, Space Shuttle the way they did as well, yeah. because they were trying to make the the barrier of entry to pinball play is lower. Yeah. So that's why you know you could actually have a multi ball just on one ball locked if you yeah. wanted to. It was it was all about to drive players back to the game when you know video games were just starting to take off and that was like the new shiny. So yeah, they they had to think of a way of bringing them in. And then what's funny is my firepower uh, has the wrong soundboard in it, so I don't have the speech portion. So all I have is the sound effects. And so I'm playing Firepower Two, and I'm like, yeah, it sounds exactly like my firepower because <laughs> I don't have yeah. any speech on mine. <laughs> so that was kind of funny, but. Yeah, again, I'm just kind of. I'm mean, sure it might be fun uh, to have a go on, but I don't see it being any more fun than the actual original no. firepower. So to me, we now have two firepowers. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Look, it's um, all right. I guess it's got a, it's got a, its feature is the bonus, and that's why it would would have been included in the game. But yeah. that's kind of like the only attractive feature to it. Look, put it this way, there's worse tables in Pimble Arcade that you would have to deal with. So I'm if put it this way, if they start cycling in firepower two more than they do going nuts, right. I'll be kind of happy in the tournaments. Right. <laughs> um, hey, uh, you know what they also did? Black Knight yeah. emulated. Ah, I did not try that yet. I forgot about oh, that. Oh yeah. It's it is out and it is very nice to see. Uh, there, there's more speech in it now that, because mm -hmm. it's emulated, and um, they've better realized the light shows in it now. They did that to an extent with the scripted version. They introduced a new light show for multi-ball, but it's much better integrated now. Okay. Um, so I think they might have cleaned up the speech just a little bit as well. Probably. Um, a little bit. Um, it's um, I it's sort of uh, in the first unscripted in when the scripted version is sort of like fight again three enemies and <laughs> and it's now fight again these enemies i think it's what it's sounding like okay. um so yeah i think it's it's different in the way they've actually captured the audio and they have in the beta they've just coded in pro mode into it oh, okay very good so you can i know that um there's a couple of dudes on uh 
on the beta testing for an Android who are very excited in finally being able to go into the operator settings and tweak the way you are awarded locks and um, make the locks available on the loop, like the, the U-turn loop um, okay. in the bottom. So change how they're actually ordered because it's too easy otherwise to, to get locks. And I think probably it's, it's arguably probably something that needs to be introduced into the game because um, it is a little bit too easy to get locks in that game. Um, but yeah, it's good. It's so good to see it um, properly emulated now. I was going to say, your mentioning of Black Knight, which I'm sure means that the artwork is much better now. Uh, no longer looks like it's been torched. Well, I, again, I'm on mobile. It sort of oh, looks, okay. I feel it looks kind of the same as it did always. There's a lot of orange in that game. Yeah, but can you now actually read uh, the the Magnaloc uh, area? Yeah, I think so. It used to be a black pit. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they've cleaned that up a bit. I did notice yeah. there was um, in. Oh, I actually saw the. I suggested the far site and the beta test. They actually do a before and after on Firepower too, because you know how last week I told you that I saw the before shots. Um, right, and you know, what was interesting was I was looking at it, I was like, guy, it still looks like the playfield is jacked up. And then I mm-hmm. looked at actual pictures, and that's the way the playfield looks. Yes. Shocking. <laughs> I know. It's pr- it's pretty pretty low-key, isn't it? Like the, it is. the art and everything. Yeah, but uh, man, the, the before and after shots. Gee, they did some touch-up on that playfield. Where did like they uh, post those? Because I didn't see them. Uh, they, well, they, they haven't. But I'm oh. encouraging, I'm sort of telling them they should and maybe put it into the newsletter or something like that, because it would be very interesting for people to actually have a look at the before and after on this yeah. table. It's it's notable. Um, hey, the other thing, the newsletter. Did you see the newsletter? I did see the newsletter, and uh, fortunately, the season might finally have a really good table coming its way. Um, they, it might, yeah. It, it, the, the clue shows a dude who has his head replaced by a soccer ball, and he has, says, my head is spinning. Well, if you know anything about any of the soccer tables that are out there, the only one that features a spinning ball would be World Cup Soccer. 94, yeah. 94. So. That being said, <laughs> we do know that there's going to be some licensing cleanup, if you will. Yeah, there's probably going to be some festering. There will be some festering going on in that table. Yeah, so we're pretty much looking at say goodbye to any World Cup mentions, which bears to beg the question, is this only going to be called WCS 94? Or is it just going to be called Soccer 94? Or you know, are they do they have to change the name? I imagine they're going to have to change the name. They're not going to be able to call it World Cup. World Cup is World Cup trademarked? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. The thing. Okay. Well, then they may have to, yeah. I think they're going to um, have to change it. But is WCS trademarked? WCS 94? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Probably don't not. Either. So that, that's, um, that might be a quick workaround. I imagine you're going to see the mascot, the dog, festered. Um, unless, oh, that's not, unless that's not licensed to FIFA and instead is licensed to USA Soccer, I don't know. No. Um, in the threads, people were worried about the voice, but here's the thing: that guy is already that voiceover artist is already in six other tables that are in TPA. Yeah, he's so he is actually Williams. He's Belly Williams as voiceover dude. He's the one who yeah. does all the voices for Attack from Mars and for right. He even does the the stiff in Scared Stiff. Like he is the the voice artiste for yeah. that. So no I, issue with that. And I with the DMD screen, they might not have to touch it. It might be um, generic enough that it's okay. Uh, yeah, even even when the doggy appears on the screen, the you got to figure the DMD graphics are not amazing. Yeah, and so that might be the loophole. I don't know. So I don't think World Cup Soccer is actually going to have that much festered on it, mm. um, and which is good. I think you'll still be able to have all the fun of it, and it's it's a blast of a table. It oh, really it's such is. a good game. Um, those I'm, those long long ramp shots are just so good, yeah. but they better be yeah. made hard because on a even on a well maintained machine that ball doesn't really go super fast around them. Um, it, it at the top end of as it goes around the top, if it's a weaker shot, it, it will just 
make it around. If it's a good direct shot, it will go around pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but you, there's going to, I would like to see some nice tuning on that. Um, well, that the, I'm the tuning I'm concerned about is the soccer, the spinning soccer ball. Yeah. That's uh, going to add a very interesting dynamic to it. It is because this is where we go into ball spin and mm -hmm. of course it doesn't have ball spin. Yeah. So I'm very curious to know, cause that's, there's a lot of different trajectories that can happen with that thing. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what they integrate to, to put that in. Um, the best news for me is that this means that all of our worries about having AG soccer before having World Cup soccer can go away. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is that the Godly version, uh, the Godly Premier, they actually released a, a soccer theme table called World Challenge Soccer. Yeah. So it was basically World Cup soccer without any of the branding. In in, in usual Gottlieb Premier crappy style, um, uh -huh. but they got around it by saying World Challenge Soccer. So you know there might be a, an opportunity for them to say World Challenge Soccer '94 here. Well, what a kick in the nuts would it be if, if that's what we wind up getting instead of World Cup Soccer? <laughs> there is no spinning soccer ball in that game though. So, and the clue like, clearly says my head is spinning. So I think that's the giveaway right there. It's got to be. It's got to be that. I mean, there there's. There's only three modern soccer theme tables that I'm aware of, and that's a Godly one, World Challenge. Um, there's Capcom Flipper Football, which there's no way that's getting into the game. And there's Striker Extreme. <laughs> Striker Extreme, yeah. Um, but I don't think that has a spinning ball. No. Um, and then there is the AG Soccer Ball, right? which it only has spinners in it. So if they if they said my head is spinning and they're saying it's got spinners and that's an epic troll yeah. on fast sides pass and hats off to you sir if that's the case. So yeah. what I'm what I'm a, a question was posed to me recently, which was how much festering is acceptable to our audience, um, and okay. my opinion kind of has been, hey, so long as the flavor of the game is still there. Yeah, uh, I'm not concerned terribly much about the art getting jacked up. No, um, but it does pose an interesting question regarding NBA Fast Break. Yeah, it and does. That, and if you take it to its extremes, if you had to take out the NBA, so suddenly the game is just called Fast Break, mm -hmm. uh, you no longer have the trophy, you no longer have NBA, you also no longer have any of the team names. So here's my question. Would that affect your like of the game? No, because you know, I don't really suddenly, have... Uh, you don't have any connection at all to it. No. Because you, you don't follow American basketball. No. For me, it's more about the cities. So so if I have to play as the Los Angeles Breakers, and yeah. there's the Los Angeles Flippers, then I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I know, who the, I know who I'm playing, and that's all fine and dandy. Um and as far as the team rosters that pop up when they're calling out names, well, those rosters are so old, it's laughable. I mean, literally, this game came out when Kobe Bryant was just entering the league. And so yeah. he's hardly mentioned in the game. And yeah. instead, the, the lead scorer is this guy named Nick Van Exel, which is kind of a Laker joke. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm not too concerned about the lack of stars being called out in the game because again, most of these names I, I've played the game recently and I was like, boy, I don't remember these players that it's been so long. So I think it's an interesting proposition because the, the gameplay yeah. itself is so awesome. The scoring is so awesome. Would you quickly just forgive it and, uh, and let it fly or would it bother you so much that you're like, no, this isn't the game. Look at um, what happened with No Fear. They had to take all the licensed sports people's names out of that game. I so wish they had replaced it. It's downhill it racing. And I wish they had replaced it with a generic name. Yeah, with Because with there's a weird silence. Yeah, yeah, there is there, a weird silence. It's a weird silence. So I would hope that, you know, if anything has to be done with World Cup Soccer, that just replace they, the name with a generic something. Yeah, they replace the sound file. Like basically, they, they know they got this... Um, I've seen screenshots of this cool little sound extraction tool that they've got. So they basically map the sound file one-to-one -one with the sound file in the game. Yeah. Um, and so they could easily drop in um, 
any sound file in, in place of that other sound file and it would work right. just, just the way it normally was. So it would be really, it would be easy enough to do it from a sound perspective. Um, and if all they're doing is changing the sound calls and not the game code, then yeah. that's actually pretty doable, really. Uh, well, a little just bit think of extra about now, it would open up a whole bunch of licensed games for us mm -hmm. to play. Because I'm telling yeah. you, folks, I hate the idea of Kickstarter. This, mm, this, me too. I don't like them dipping into that well anymore. And I would no. rather them find a workaround. Now, somebody was complaining on the forum. They're like, well, I thought the stated goal was to reproduce these games as accurately as possible. Well, dude, what would you rather have? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Or a playable version of the game that just doesn't, that happens to not have the same graphics. But, you know, why don't you go over to Internet Pinball Database and look up the pictures so you can see exactly what it should look like, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's, um, I don't know. Yes, uh, it, arguably that person who made that comment is technically correct. Like the, the game's mission is to preserve Pinball Machine. But I think you probably can read into that statement, that mission statement in different ways. Like it's to preserve the Pinball Machine in the way it functions, I think. Right. So if it's scoring the same and playing the same and, and, the same shots. and having 95% you know, of the same call-outs. Is it the same game? Like, um, like, put it this way, is playing Flash Gordon with a different play field art on it the same game? Like, right. really? Uh, yeah, it is, because the shots are exactly the same. Is... You know, playing Flash Gordon with a addition of a soundboard in that allows you to overlay um, sound things when switches are triggered, still the same game because you're still playing the same Flash Gordon layout. You, you know what I mean? Like, but if you change up the rule set, now it is a different game. It's same layout, game. but it's now a different game. It's a different game. Yeah. Like, so, for example, um, Brighter Pinbot 2.0, different game. Right. Different game. Yeah. So, and well, Jackbot. Versus Pinbot, yeah, same different layout, game. different game, different game, absolutely yeah. different. Game. So, yeah, yeah exactly. Know. So that's a good contrast. Like, if you're changing the rules, then yes, that is that is definitely a different game. But if you're just changing the art and some of the callouts, and nothing else actually changes from a game rules perspective, then from my perspective, it's the same game. Right. Um, Arguably, sometimes it's even better if they change out the uh, the sound in the art packages because some of them were pretty terrible. Yeah, like uh, they were photoshopped to death art assets. Imagine getting something like, um, you know, one of the terrible early Sterns that had just Photoshop art assets everywhere and just completely rethought, re <laughs> yuck, and completely retheming the playfield um, with your own design. You know. That would actually yeah, be. Yeah, I think that would kind of lose some of the appeal. Then, obviously, um, it would lose some of the appeal because it would look so much better. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, if you, there is a certain nostalgia aspect to these, you know, to these things. To um, the, yeah, I guess it, it again this goes back to the locking in of the terrible and the locking in of the general theme and feel of the play of the table. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. I've seen it done in uh, Visual Pinball where people have used the exact same layout as a well-known table. Um, I think the one that they did it with was... Uh, I think they did it with high speed when they first came out with Visual Pinball you know, back mm. in 2002, 2003, something like that, even or even before. And I forget what they called it, but I, I don't think I'm getting this mixed up with Indy 500 either. It was, it was either or one of those two. But anyway... You knew exactly what the playfield was, but mm -hmm. it was completely rethemed, and it just didn't lack. It was missing the charm. You know, there are certain yeah. aspects that you just kind of go, you know what? I I do miss that. There is, you know, you do want to see some of these things, and these guys were, you know, did know what they were doing. Um, yeah, but it, it's think about it: is the game as much fun to play on a whitewood? Well, with, no, definitely not with early code. No, it's, it's it's a different experience. Yeah, it, it is. is. But again, that comes back to code as well. Like if yep. it's early code in a whitewood, yeah. But if you've got if if the game itself is 
is just shoot the flashing shot and the whitewood has all the inserts and they work it technically just plays the same as it would with the art on it but you're yeah. right it does have an impact on your perception of the game it does basically it's the art was there to sell it that's what it was there for like you mm -hmm. were supposed to walk up and as a fan of game of thrones you're supposed to walk up to the game and go wow i want to play this game because there's my favorite character on it and i can shoot a ball over its face so <laughs> you know what a weird therefore, what a weird concept our brain goes is acceptable not acceptable <laughs> yeah exactly it's weird but it is what it is so yeah, yeah. so anyway this will be this will be an interesting test uh to see what the mm. public thinks um Look, and they I did hope... it well they actually did it really well with heaven's family like unless yeah. you knew unless you knew that that face was fested chances are you would not even pick it um so yeah. if they're subtle about it and they just they just do just enough to get around the um the copyright issues then i think it's gonna be pretty fine actually yeah but yeah you're right that ball spin um physics issue hey maybe this is the place where we get ball spin maybe um, maybe okay a surprise ball spin um yes. so. well interestingly enough it wouldn't even be the actual ball that's getting the spin either you know you're you're putting the physics of ball spin on that spinning soccer ball mm. and letting that play with the trajectory based off of speed and impact uh you know of the ball hitting it yeah so yeah it's doing it on a fixed point large scale and maybe that can then be implemented later to a moving point <laughs> much smaller yeah. scale i don't know you think about it, though like the the actual ball contact area of that spinning ball there's actually only two areas that the ball will ever touch on it and there's a zone probably about if we're using centimeters um in the main part of the play field um of let's say 10 to 15 centimeters of actual area yes. that the ball can contact on the the thing so if they wanted to fake the physics they could actually put um based on where the ball hit all the way up that that 15 centimeter arc different throw um, in other words like what they do on the flippers well yeah they could they could actually map it so uh, at this point if the ball hits this point it gets flung off in this direction if it hits this point it gets flung off in that direction and it's almost like like hot zones on that whole um ball basically yeah and the other the other point where it contacts is in the the pop bumpers so there's actually an exposed part of the the ball just because there's not enough room and they had to leave it open basically but again doesn't really matter what happens up there because the the amount of impact the ball has on the physics up in that area is, is minimal but yeah you want to get i reckon if they just put like if they could manage to put 15 different like tuning action points on that ball's contact surface i reckon they could pretty much fake it um it'd be interesting to see how they implement it yeah um because that's how i'd do it if i had to actually map physics to that ball i'd, I'd actually do it as yep the ball itself doesn't have any physics because it would be really hard to map a spinning object and actually maintain physics on it all the time. So speaking of physics, I want to circle back around to Centaur because this just made me realize something too. Oh yeah. Um, those uh, return lanes or the, yes. the outlines that you can bump back in. Uh -huh. Dude, those are hella fun. With oh yeah. Real rubber. You, oh yeah. Oh my God. I was getting good at it. It was, it was great. Ball would yeah. go in the outlane and you time it right and you just give the table a hard nudge in the direction you want the ball to go boom every time right straight, straight back in so straight good. back in and i was just Basically like thing. oh this is genius this is great you know it, it was i thought that it was a little too frequent in yeah in tpa because the previous centaurs that i'd played were all dead rubber yeah fresh rubber man it works like a charm it's great Basically, it works the way that far side of like exactly the other yeah. funny thing so a, a complaint that we always have in digital pinball a lot especially with uh tpa is when the ball goes through the flippers yeah right well when you have a very nicely waxed play field and you got fresh rubber <laughs> and the there's nothing above the flipper to block the ball from zinging over the top like on mm -hmm. centaur yep yeah, I can't tell. I had probably the ball jump over the flipper about five different times. So the ball through the flipper is ball through the flipper. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, you're not supposed to be able to do that. But it would just, it would just come at the proper backspin 
and hit the hit the flipper and you just go right over the top. I'm like, yeah. oh! <laughs> so there you go. Again, Farsight emulating so real technology. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway. Um, so programming notes. We should be uh, having a session next week. And yes. I believe uh, the following week should be good. Uh, but once again, I'm going to be traveling up to Portland and I don't know all bets are off when I go there because I don't know what is, what is going on, what the scheduling is going to be happening. So folks, there'll be more, some more time off, but that also means I might get another crack at one quarter world. So yay. Um, yay. More trip reports. <laughs> more, yeah, more trip reports. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll take some, some more photos this time. I, I did take some, but I didn't take a lot because my phone storage was full. <laughs> oh, bum bum bum! This is yeah, this, ladies and gentlemen, is why when I buy my next phone, I'm not getting the 16 gigabyte phone. I'm going for the 120 gigabyte phone. <laughs> yeah, for all the storages, basically. It's, oh, I'm constantly just running into. Oh, it's I. I don't have. I only have maybe seven uh, pinball arcade tables on my phone because but, I can't hold anymore. Um, so. Uh, that's the programming note. Hey, if you want to drop us an email, please do so. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Let us have comments about the show in general. Say hi. We don't care. Drop that at blah, blah, blockade at gmail.com. Make sure you sign up for Twitter feed at blockade. If you want to follow Jared and myself, I am at shut your traps. He is at Jared Morgs. And you can also visit our website, which is pinball arc pinball I mess this up every single time I swear I do blockade pinball, pinball. at yeah pinball. <clears throat> I'm going to try this again take 27 <laughs> blockadepinball.com that is where you can find all of the uh, previous downloads as well as show notes and links to stuff stuffs and things and things all right yeah well I'm going to go get slammed in another week of work. And so <laughs> and, am I. Uh, and so am I. Because, you know, so that you. seems to be what's happening at the moment. Yes, that is what's happening in the moment. That and Jared's daughter's face is hovering in front of the camera. With that, folks, it's time to go. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Wizardamusement.com the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening and play some pinball. <laughs>